Have you all been reading our newsletters this week? Is there anybody who does has not read any of our info this week? Okay, well, in case you don't know, we've uh, let Linda Rowell go this week. Uh, she made her transition on Tuesday. And yesterday we had a really wonderful service. And we sent Linda on with, uh, in respect and dignity and laughter. And we got clarity on a lot of things we didn't have clarity. That's why we come together as a spiritual group to understand one another's insights. Uh, and so as a, Gigi brought me this today. And it's Tuesday's Daily Word from this week. And the title was Wholeness. And our retreat is called Wholeness from the Inside Out. But Tuesday, July 30th, says, I embrace every part of myself with compassion. Wholeness is my true nature. If I try to find evidence of my worthiness from outside myself, I can never relax into knowing my inner value. So I willingly release my outer grasping now. I fold my hands over my heart and take slow, deep breaths, appreciating the harmonious flow of divine love in me. I see that I was never looking for the world's acceptance. I was waiting for my own. Here and now, I compassionately embrace all the qualities I have judged or disowned in myself, whether feelings of anger and sadness or traits such as neediness and forgetfulness. I remember that I am and have always have been perfectly whole, worthy, worthy and radiant. And so, to uh, look at that and know that Tuesday morning Linda posted on Facebook that I can choose peace now. And she surrounded it with balloons. And uh, so, so just know that uh, she has been a part of our community in the physical and she remains part of our community in spirit. Just as so many others from our community have uh, moved on and then, of course, in the past two days, there's a lot that have left our planet in shocking ways and ways that we can't begin to understand. We will, you know, we barely understand life. We certainly don't understand death. We don't understand violence, and we don't understand. And for us to attempt to understand it rather than to look within for a divine voice. Not to tell us in uh, human terms what this means, because we're not going to hear from spirit in human terms, because spirit is not human. Spirit was meant to be the comforter. And we were told that and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, what I the words I use to describe things are never the truth. They are usually something to end up limiting me. And so in a true perception, let's decide now that love is our reality and we will seek to come from love in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions. And we could say, but what about them? Well, let there be peace on earth. Let it begin with me. Am I doing everything that I need to be doing 
to create peace on earth? Are my conversations creating peace on earth? Charles Fillmore, when he said the Lord's Prayer, he always said, peace in earth, because the body was considered the earth. The body is the physical. And so, let the uh, peace, peace in earth as it is in heaven, meaning in our highest state of thinking. So we, in new thoughts, we seek to raise up our thinking. And the world keeps giving us an opportunity to do it. The confusion in the world and uh, those things we don't understand keep giving us an opportunity to turn within so that we could know the truth rather than judge actions that we don't understand. I, I just don't know what it means to uh, have my physical life taken away from me. And so to pretend that it's either good or bad, to say, oh, this shouldn't have happened, but it's like, but it did. And either God is or God isn't. And that's really what I encourage us all in shifting our perceptions to ask ourselves, either God is or God isn't. And we don't teach God as a person that makes decisions. How could God let this happen? Well, through divine law. Through principle, it happens. If God is all that there is, then within all that there is, great love can take place, great joy, great fun, and great misery. And great violence, great hatred and confusion. But you see, violence, misery, hatred, that's all about confusion. That's about forgetting who I am. And what I ask us all today to do is uh, not forget who we are, just because others who have forgotten who they are. Would that be okay? Could we be the ones... Here above the Ford dealership, could we be the ones that creates peace on and in earth? Could we be the ones who seeks the highest understanding? But remember, understanding doesn't always come in words. Often it just comes in knowing. It just comes in knowing. A few years ago at retreat, I saw something that <clears throat> blew me away. And it happened with Jen. Jen has studied martial arts. Jen was sitting there and her hips were going. And we often, in past years, have thrown these rubber balls, squishy rubber balls around. <laughs> and they're going all over the place. And one comes hurling towards Jen. And she didn't move one muscle in her body except... And that ball went right into her hand. And I'm not, that was such intuitive knowing. Now granted, you trained for that, but that's what we're doing here. We're training ourselves to know peace. We're, changing, or we're training ourselves to know love. We are training that what is coming right towards me to do that and catch that. She, I didn't see judgment. I didn't see damn ball. I didn't see any of that. She, it was coming towards her. She needed to catch it. Otherwise, it's going to hit her in the face. She chose to catch it rather than have it hit her in the face or to hurt herself by trying to jump out of the way. Sure. 
It's like I was at Costco Tuesday, and I come from physical therapy, and, and fat, quick moves are not my thing right now. <laughs> but as my cart was rolling towards someone else's car, <laughs> I didn't have this. I just I I ran as best I could <laughs> to catch that cart because the last thing I really wanted was a confrontation with another human being, or because um, through my actions. I let a dent hit somebody's car. Fortunately, it stopped at her car, but no marks were left. And I don't even know that she noticed, but I think her child watched. <laughs> I remember her little girl watched, but nobody said anything. But the thing is, I reacted in fear. That's what I did, and I hurt myself a little bit. And I, I whereas watching you, and that you were a great power of example to me that day. Of college. great power of example of intuitive knowing. And so I would invite all of us to start awakening our intuitive knowing. Yesterday, during the testimonies and things, a lot of people shared their intuitive knowing around Linda's journey and their own journey with Linda. And it, it's, it was fascinating to see and hear and witness. And I, and I, I wish you all could have been there in the physical, but you all, believe me, we brought you all in as part of a community. So just know, you may not know the details of yesterday, but you were here with us because you are part of unity. Uh, and that's what I want to say today in regards to correct perception. Let's meditate, take another breath, send it up. Up to the highest part of your being. So that at the crown, at the highest part, you are awakening, I am awakening, we are awakening to the flow of divine good, divine wisdom, the anointing of spirit. What is the anointing except that the Christ in me is awake now? That's my anointing. The Christ in me the knowing of God in me is awake now. The knowing of truth and wisdom is awake in me now. The Christ in me is awake now. Those of you who care to, would you know that with me? The Christ in me is awake now. through your eyes and your vision. Let it flow through your ears and your hearing. And let it flow through your mouth and your word. And let the word resonate through your body. The Christ in me is awake now. Let that word resonate every cell, every tissue, every fiber of your being. Let it resonate through your, your throat. May we all express our Christ awakening in a deep vibration, in a deep expression. The Christ in me is awake now. Let's take that thought into the silence. Let it resonate in our thinking, and our 
very being. The Christ in me is awake now. The Christ in me. Life in me. Love in me. Wisdom and understanding in me. Awake now. Fully functioning, fully accessible, and leading me to greater inspirations. So it's not about release, it's about accepting God. So it's not about trying to get rid of something as if you will then have what you want. It's not about throwing it away, it's not about hating it. That's so why I, I started doing our burning bowls differently. When I used to do burning bowls, it, traditionally it's write down all the things you want to release from your life. And I would see people come along and they would hurl that list <laughs> into the fire. Well, they clearly carried it right, all that stuff right back up the steps with them. <laughs> all they did was burn a piece of paper. <laughs> and it's like, stop hating. Stop hating yourself and this aspects of yourself and your confusion. Stop hating your confusion because it won't help you. It just maintains the problem. It maintains the, 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 the confusion. We want to start accepting God as love into our life. Now, within God, as I said before, everything exists. Everything we know and everything we don't aren't yet aware of, exists within God. The way several years ago I began to picture God was as a great big circle. And everything we know is in that circle. And if I move over here, the circle moves here with me. And if I move over here, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, I, late at night or when I think God, God is not looking, I'll try to sneak out of the circle <laughs> to get away with something. And the thing, that damn circle keeps following me <laughs> because I can't get out of the circle. If the circle is God itself, that means there's not a, there is mind in the circle, not personality. The circle itself is not personality. And the circle itself does not make choices. It does not have thoughts and yet it is the cause for thinking. I, I, Charles Fillmore in one of, I think it was Dynamics for, for Living I read, said that God does not create our thoughts. God created the ability to think. Now I want to remind us all, God did not create the word God. God didn't say, hello, I am God. <laughs> We made up that word. Human beings made up that word. And as I've told you, I looked for the history of the word. And it was hard to find. I got to tell you, how many, you know, God is this and God is that. They kept telling me what they think God is. But nobody said, where'd the word come from? Till I finally went to a channeler who channeled the angel Gabriel. And in that session, he said that God was taught in ancient mystery schools as a vibration. And, uh, you know, and we all, I, I don't know how much you know, but uh, that got vibration kind of came out of the German background. Good, 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 good. And then it became God. 
And then God became a human being with people in religion. And that was the, where the downfall, really, of uh, God is religion turned, it in, turned God into a human being instead of principle, instead of divine law. And that's why I say, try, seek to accept God for what God is. And when we do that, then we'll know how to work with it instead of begging it to do something. Now, I have been known to beg some inanimate objects to do things, keys to appear, <laughs> or to quit falling out of my hand. You know, I... I have begged a blank piece of paper to fill up with wonderful words. I have, uh, and, and, and I know that's not it, but I'm trying to, I, when I do that, I'm, I know that I'm searching for a way to accept that this which I see has happened. The hard part to accept is that it doesn't have the meaning I think it does. It's very difficult to accept that. Oh, I dropped my keys. That means, that, no, it well, what do you mean that's what it means? Could it just mean your butterfingers? <laughs> Could it just mean you were not paying attention? Now, I will tell you, we, I think we've all encountered strange events because we dropped our keys, and that's just a euphemism for whatever, suddenly we avoided something else. The, the, you know, the, the, like when the, our, we missed our plane, we got bumped from a plane and we try to assuage ourselves. We, oh, that's not the, that, that. Until you get on a plane, you don't know which one. <laughs> might have been the problem. And, uh, and, and sometimes, in it, and it's really daunting, nothing happened on either flight. <laughs> nothing of any consequence has happened on either flight. It just meant I didn't get on this one and I did get on this one. And no planes went down, darn it. <laughs> you know, it's like when we're preparing for a snowstorm, and it doesn't happen. We have been planning for days for this storm. I bought water. <laughs> I'm prepared. And nothing happens, except I have an abundance of water in my house. As you're, we're looking forward to it. I remember a Facebook posting a few years ago after one of the hurricanes. And I said, oh, hurricane, whatever hits, and here's the damage. And there was a lawn chair on its side. <laughs> <laughs> Whoosh, the destruction of this hurricane. Now, we also know that some hurricanes have caused terrific destruction. And, and, and there's a little bit of egoic satisfaction. Oh, this one can't happen. Uh, good thing. You know, a lot of people got out, and I'm sorry that a lot of people didn't. But still, we don't understand it. We don't understand the weather. Because weather is just weather, and stuff happens during weather. But my experience of it is what I think about it. And there are no rules as to what to think about it. It's Because... It, it, if there were rules, if it meant something, we would all think the exactly the same thing. And we don't. There are people who love the cold and there are people who love the heat and vice versa. And it's like, uh, nobody has yet to call me on the phone to say, which would you prefer today, Sean? Anybody, any of you been called? What weather do you want today? Well, I'd like it to be 80 with snow flurries. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I I want to wear my shorts out in the snow and be comfortable. And, I, and it's like, I don't get those options, but I get every option as to what to think about it. And that's the part about accepting God. Rather than trying to release these thoughts, rather than trying to get rid of this because I'm so uncomfortable, what if I were to accept that God is while I'm so uncomfortable? Early on in my healing journey, uh, well, through through abstinence of, of substances, I was so uncomfortable. Oh my gosh! Anybody? Anybody? Or was it a breeze for everyone? <laughs> uh, it still is. Anytime you try to get off sugar or what have you, but in, in those days, I was thirty-two years old, and I was counting days each day that I didn't uh, pick up something that destructive, except my cigarettes. Back then, I still had to smoke. Uh, but I was, I was living in New York. It was the hottest summer ever. <laughs> At least I think it was. And I was so uncomfortable. And I went to one of those places where people gather uh, to talk about they're, they're not using these things. And I remember somebody was counting days and they said they had 58 days since they had done this thing. And I thought, oh, I had 19 at the time. I thought, I will never make it. Now, I didn't think I was going to use any of those substances. What I thought was my head will explode before I will get to 58 days. My entire body will implode. And I will be splattered cosmically all over a sidewalk somewhere. And not at my own hand, just in discomfort. Just in horrible, horrible discomfort. And over the years, I haven't felt that I would implode. I've learned so far I haven't. No matter how uncomfortable I've gotten, my body has not exploded. But I have had moments where it's like, what do you do? What do you do? I said, oh, pray. Pray. And it doesn't mean pray to God. What I learned here was pray from God. Pray from a God consciousness. If I am made in the image and likeness of God, I cannot be separate from God. So pray from God, all the while feeling whatever I feel, being aware that I think whatever I think. I haven't told this story in a while. Yeah, many years ago, David and I were getting together, but we weren't together. And I think we were on a particular breakup at that time. And it was late on a Wednesday night, about 11 o'clock, and my uh, computer died. And I was, in the, I was gonna be a guest speaker out in Flushing, Queens that Sunday. And I'm writing my talk, and the computer just died. Just died. And I thought, what do I do? And th th that was like the last straw of things falling apart for that week. And because he and I were broken up, and I had no money to buy a new computer, and I didn't know what I was going to do, and I called him, and he didn't help. <laughs> we talked a lot through those breakups, but he didn't help. He didn't buy, offer to buy me a new computer. He didn't. He, just talked. <laughs> so I got on the phone with, get this, Compaq. Remember Compaq? <laughs> About 11, 12 o'clock. And while I'm talking to this guy, I just cried and cried and cried. Because it just hurt so much to be me with my thoughts. and Because I just felt so rejected. I felt abandoned. And... 
and about two, and it was not lost on me that the talk I was writing was called Overcoming. <laughs> and I did think, well, maybe I will do a talk without notes this Sunday. I wasn't there in my head or, or professionally yet, but I thought, well, maybe this is the time. Well, about two o'clock in the morning, my computer was resurrected by this nice man over the phone from whatever country he was in. And, and, I, and I, I, I was grateful because I got to go through a very cathartic upset that was sitting there waiting to be felt. And it was so uncomfortable. And I made the choice to stick it out because I had been, I'd been promised things. I've been promised things early on in my healing. A man promised me, well, I promised the whole room, but I was sitting there. And he said, God has better things in store for you than anything you can imagine. Better, better than what I could imagine. Because I could imagine some wild things, anybody? Yeah, cars, money, sex at my convenience without responsibility. Those were the things I thought of back then in my early 30s. Because I couldn't imagine serenity. I could not begin to contemplate serenity at that point. I thought once you get the stuff, then you will be serene. But let's face it, there's limitless stuff to get. So how could I ever find serenity? And so, but I had been promised this God that I didn't yet understand had better things in store for me. And I began to also understand if I was to have this serenity I was promised, I had a lot of feelings to feel. And I had a lot of thoughts to work through. I had a tremendous process that I was going to have to go through. And that process always, every day, started by accepting God. And whatever I understood God to be at that point, because it, that is ever-evolving too. Just when I thought I knew God, God went and changed on me. When God goes and gets bigger. And every time I put God in a box or limit God, God gets bigger on me. That circle gets more huge. And so what I had to keep doing was paying attention. I had to keep listening. Now, I, this comes from uh, the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's in someone's story. And it says here, And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life, unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. And, and the way that means, that for me, supposed to be, it doesn't mean that there's some grand design placed by somebody else. It's supposed to be because this is where I am and this is what's happening. My mother didn't plan it. God didn't plan it. Things fell into place consciously for this to take place, or unconsciously, for this to take place now. And it says, nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I accept, and I'm going to say myself, I could not become serene unless I accept life completely on life's terms. I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world 
as what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. Emotional, not just logical, acceptance of one's self and one's life is imperative to becoming well. Imperative to becoming well. And I think we all want to be well in mind, body, and spirit. I think we all want to be well. It's just that it comes at such a great cost. We'd have to give up our unwellness. And we are connected to our unwellness. We are connected to our chaos. We are connected, not because we're bad people, not because we're stupid people, but because we can label it. I could say, this is this. I know what it is. I'm not going to give that up for the unknown. You've all, I think, heard David in classes say that he would have willingly stayed in a relationship he was unhappy in rather than a unsure promise that if this ends, you could find one that you're happy in. We, we use that term loosely, don't we? Uh, <laughs> it's... There are certain parts of my misery I'm not ready to give up. I'm just trying to make more manageable. There are certain confusions and chaos that I somehow have found comfort in the discomfort of. But rather than accept, okay, everything exists in God. Absolutely everything. What parts do I want? I get to choose. And I'll make my choices once I've prayed. And then I'm going to do my best not to judge your choices. I'm going to do my best to release judgment of your choices, knowing that you also have God, whether you're aware of it or not. When I say you, I mean everybody in the whole world. I, here's what I wish for myself, that I would drive down the street and not have a judgment about a single person on that drive, also driving down that street. That's what I wish for myself. I also wish, as I'm driving down that street, that I would accept I have judgments about every single person driving down that street. You know, because if I accept I have judgments here for whatever reasons, then I can begin to release those judgments because I will see them, I will feel them, and then I'll become, become willing to see the truth in them. Then I'll be able to see there's an order that starts here that leads to here that leads to here, that leads to here. It's like, oh, if that is the case, maybe I could start differently here. So a different order can take place in my thinking. But I have to accept that this order took place just now. I have to accept it because if everything exists within the circle of God, for me to pretend that that doesn't, I'm just going to recreate it. I'm just going to keep recreating it. I will keep recreating the thoughts. I will re keep recreating the situation. I will keep recreating the feelings. 
Do you know the purpose of feelings? Yes, to be felt. <laughs> to be felt. That's the whole purpose. So go ahead and feel them. They're here. Feel them and decide it is safe to feel this. These feelings are not here to hurt me. They are not here to destroy me. These feelings are not here for that. They are to be felt. And so what I do is I say, Spirit, show me my feelings so that I may see them for what they are and not for what they are not. And when I say a prayer like that, that is me in the acceptance of God. That is me living in the acceptance Oh, God is. And I'm here living life in this body at this time with this mind. When I do that, I begin to recognize love. I begin to recognize wisdom. I begin to recognize there has been a path that has brought me to here. And I will not call this bad. I will not call this bad. But I will also seek to think, say, and do what I need to think, say, and do so that I don't have to repeat this. Because I don't like a lot of stuff. Anybody? Mm. Anybody there? I don't like a lot of stuff. Uh, I have preferences. That's what I call, you know, David and I, there's certain TV shows that he wants to watch and that I want to watch because we have preferences. There are certain ones I don't want to watch of his and vice versa. And we had to learn how to not criticize each other. Oh, you want to watch that? <laughs> well, how dare I do that to him? And how dare I do that to myself? If it entertains him, because Lord knows there are things that entertain me <laughs> that, that I will watch repeatedly because of whatever feeling I get from it, whatever created. And so I don't like to be judged or, or criticized uh, for what my preferences. And so I'm learning more and more not to judge and criticize him. We're doing very well in our house these days. We're not competing for who rules. We're discovering one another's roles in the, in the house and, uh, and in our lives because of thing, talking about this stuff here and being in therapy and what have you. So we're not trying to get rid of stuff. You know, we're no, which, you know, we used to try to get rid of one another's behaviors. And what I found is we're trying to get rid of each other. That's well, unconsciously. I'm thinking if he will just stop doing all this stuff, I will enjoy him. <laughs> then I can love him and love myself around him. But it wasn't about that. I also had to come to terms with, I got stuff. I got my own stuff. And is mine better or worse? Or, you know, mine's different. Mine's just different. And to keep seeking what I call God good orderly direction in the relationship in so we start at home looking for peace and then we get each get in our own cars and we go out in the world looking to recognize peace to be peace in the world i forget sometimes i don't know what he does he's in his car by himself i am my car by myself seeking and forgetting seeking and forgetting and sometimes finding seeking 
forgetting, finding, seeking, forgetting, finding. So I finally asked myself, do I want this? And there's so many, so much life now that I've decided I want. There's so much of life that I want more than I want chaos. Falling down, though several weeks ago made a difference. Made me kinder, maybe more empathetic. Uh, <clears throat> made me kinder to myself. That I can receive help from people. That I can know God is active and present. Eve with every limp, with everything. And I celebrate every bit of healing. Each week I walk better than I did last week. I sleep well most nights. I uh, ask for help where I need it. I'll be asking after the service for help to get stuff downstairs for the retreat. Those who are willing, I'm, I guess I'm asking that now. We've got, a, we've got two heavy things and the rest is pretty easy. But there's only like six or seven things total now. But, but it's to look at it and say, oh, I, I don't have to do this by myself. In fact, I'm not even supposed to. I can, if the ball is coming at me, go. And then I can look at it and say, oh, this isn't even my ball. <laughs> oh, that one, I Who's this belong to? And throw it back. Rather than getting rattled. Rather than getting ruffled. I invite you to look at everything you want to get rid of in your life. And what we're talking about is personality stuff. You can even look at, at the stuff in your house you've been collecting. But even that stuff, rather than hating it, oh, this is so awful, why am I keeping this? Rather than taking on guilt. Right? And guilt is something we want to get rid of and we want to throw away. But rather than doing all that, look at it and say, this has served me at some point. And now... I'm willing to have been transformed by it and handed over to someone who needs it. I am willing for this, whatever it has been. It could be my ugly past. It could be an ugly outfit. It could be whatever. It's. I'm willing for this to be alchemized for good. I am willing for this, whatever this is, to be alchemized. This thing that I think is worthless or harmful. But if you think it's harmful, it's not so worthless, is it? It does something. But this thing, I think, will not do me any good. I am willing for it to have done good for me. And I am willing for it to be transformed into good for all beings. I am willing. And begin to declare that. And that's your acceptance of God, rather than your hating of your past or yourself. <clears throat> Would you consider that? Would you consider looking at? We're going to work that a lot on the, in the retreat. David does a lot of that in the thought exchange. It is uh, to transform those thoughts rather than get rid of them. But to look, oh, oh my goodness! I thought this was good at one time. Not so much anymore. Now, how can it be transformed to good? for all. I took a really nasty childhood and I transformed it into powerful examples for healing. 
I took a lot of relationships and I rethought them. And it's not that I necessarily want to hang out with a lot of those people, but I rethought them. And I said, I'm here now and I'm who I am now. Do I like who I am now? Am I good now? Good capital G with no opposite. I don't mean do I behave well. Am I good? Do I have new thoughts that serve? And if I do, then I guess that past wasn't so bad, was it? If I can be grateful for my life now, knowing that life on life's terms happens, but grateful, then this is not a bad thing. This stuff that I thought was bad, my parents' behaviors that I thought was bad, anything, the, the food that I thought was bad. When I was a six, I told my grandmother I hated Brussels sprouts. Those are awful. I can't eat those. And she said, have you ever tried one? I said, no. <laughs> she said, well, you try one. Fine. And that's my favorite vegetable. I love Brussels sprouts. I tried beans a lot of times. Still, not so much. <laughs> Still, not so much. Don't care for the beans. But Brussels sprouts, love them. So that became the rule in our household. Try it. You don't, if you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. But try one. And it was a great bargain my grandmother made with me. And I discovered a lot of things. And let me tell you, my first grade teacher went away to Vermont or someplace. And she brought back these maple sugar candies, a big tin of them. And she passed them around. And I wouldn't take one the first day because they looked so awful. I liked red candies, not tan candies. <laughs> I thought, oh, those. But the second day, I thought, I, well, let me try one. And I have regretted ever since that I didn't take one the first day. <laughs> Those, I've never had maple candy that was as good as that. And so, and this, this that I hold, this that I hold that I'm lugging around, that I keep putting it a thing on, lugging around, that I call bad, and I say, in the circle. Spirit, tell me how this is good and how it can serve. And if it can't serve me, and if I can't use it to serve others, then I willingly release it in love and gratitude. But I'm no longer required to experience guilt or shame or regret. That's not redemption. The God of my understanding does not need me to be guilty. Religion asks me to be guilty, not Spirit, not God. And so, today, what will you look at in your thinking, in your home, in your whatever, your life experience, and rather declaring it as bad, declare it as something, can it still serve me? And if it doesn't, I will gratefully release it. I will gratefully release it. I will gratefully release it. Because I accept God as love, as life, as power, as presence, as wisdom, as knowledge itself. I accept this into my conscious mind. I accept it into every cell, every tissue, every fiber of my being. And I move forward in love. So it is.